0: Chapter 3 of Unwise Child by Randall Garrett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Unwise Child. Chapter 3 Sergeant Cowder looked the room over and took a drag from his cigarette. Well, that's that. Now, what happened? He looked from Mike the Angel to Harry MacDougall and back again. Both of them appeared to be thinking. ''All right,'' he said quietly. ''Let me guess, then.'' Old Harry waved a hand. ''Oh, no, sergeant, twon't be necessary. I think Mr. Gabriel was just waiting for me to start, because he wasn't here when the two rapscallions came in, and I was just trying to figure out where to begin. We're not being uncooperative. Let's see now.'' He gazed at the ceiling as though trying to collect his thoughts he knew perfectly well that the police sergeant was recording everything he said. The sergeant sighed. Look, Harry, you're not on trial. I know perfectly well that you've got this place bugged to a fair thee well. So does every shop operator on Radio Row. If you didn't, the J.D. gangs would have cleaned you all out long ago. Harry kept looking at the ceiling, and Mike the Angel smiled quietly at his fingernails. The detective sergeant sighed again. Sure, we'd like to have some of the gadgets that you and the other operators on the row have worked out, Harry. But I'm in no position to take them away from you. Besides, we have some stuff that you'd like to have, too. So that makes us pretty much even. If we started confiscating illegal equipment from you, the J.D.'s would swoop in here, take your legitimate equipment, bug it up, and they'd be driving us all nuts within a week. So as long as you don't use illegal equipment illegally, the department will leave you alone." Old Harry grinned. "'Well, now, that's very nice of you, Sergeant. But I don't have anything illegal. No robotic stuff or anything like that?' "'Oh, I'll admit I've a couple of eyes here and there to watch me shop, but eyes aren't illegal.' The detective glanced around the room with a practiced eye and then looked blandly back at the little Scotsman. Harry MacDougall was lying and the sergeant knew it. And Harry knew the sergeant knew it. Sergeant Cowder sighed for a third time and looked at the Scot. Okay. So what happened? Harry's face became serious. "They came in about six-thirty. First I knew of it, one of the kids, the boy." stepped out of that closet over there, and put a vibro-blade at my back. I'd come back here to get a small resistor, and all of a sudden there he was." Mike the Angel frowned, but he didn't say anything. "'None of your equipment registered anything?' asked the detective. "'Not a thing, Sergeant,' said Harry. "'They've got something new, all right. The kid must a come in through the back door there.' And I'd have been willing to bet my life that no human being could have walked in here without my knowing it before he got within ten feet of that door. Look." He got up, walked over to the back door, and opened it. It opened into what looked at first to be a totally dark room. Then the sergeant saw that there was a dead black wall a few feet from the open door. "'That's a light-trap,' said Harry. "'Same as they have in photographic dark-rooms to get from this door to the outer door that leads into the alley you got to turn two corners and walk about thirty feet. Even I myself couldn't walk through it without setting off half a dozen alarms. Any kind of light would set off the bugs. So would the heat radiation from the human body." "'How about the front?' Sergeant Cowder asked. "'Anyone could get in from the front.' Harry's grin became grim. "'Not unless I go with him and not even then, if I don't want him to." "'It was kind of you to let us in,' said the detective mildly. "'A pleasure,' said Harry. "'But I wish I knew how that kid got in.' "'Well, he did, somehow,' Cowder said. "'What happened after he came out of the closet?' "'He maybe let the girl in. They were going to open up the rear completely and take my stuff out that way." They'd have done it, too, if Mr. Gabriel hadn't come along." Detective Sergeant Cowder looked at Mike the Angel. About what time was that, Mr. Gabriel? About six-thirty-five, Mike told him. The kids probably hadn't been here more than a few minutes. Harry MacDougall nodded in silent corroboration. Then what happened? asked the detective. Mike told him a carefully edited version of what had occurred, leaving out the existence of the little gadget he was carrying in his pocket. The sergeant listened patiently and unbelievingly through the whole recital. Mike the Angel grinned to himself. He knew what part of the story seemed queer to the cop. He was right, Cowder said. Now, wait a minute. What caused those vibro to burn up that way? must have been faulty," Mike the Angel said, innocently. Both of them? Sergeant Cowder asked skeptically. At the same time... Oh no! Thirty seconds apart, I'd guess. Very interesting, very. He started to say something else, but a uniformed officer stuck his head in through the doorway that led to the front of the shop. We combed the whole area, sergeant. Not a soul around but from the looks of the alley there must have been a small truck parked in there not too long ago." Cowder nodded. "'Makes sense. Those J.D.'s wouldn't have tried this unless they intended to take everything they could put their hands on, and they certainly couldn't have put all this in their pockets.' He rubbed one big finger over the tip of his nose. "'Okay, Barton, that's all. Take those two kids to the hospital and book them in the detention ward. I want to talk to them when they wake up.' the cop nodded and left. Sergeant Cowder looked back at Harry. Your alarm to the precinct station went off at 6.36. I figure that whoever was on the outside, in that truck, knew something had gone wrong as soon as the fight started in here. He, or they, shut off whatever they were using to suppress the alarm system and took off before we got here. They sure must have moved fast. Must have agreed Harry. Is there anything else, Sergeant? Cowder shook his head. Not right now. I'll get in touch with you later if I need you. Harry and Mike the Angel followed him through the front of the shop to the front door. At the door Cowder turned. Well, good night. Thanks for your assistance, Mr. Gabriel. I wish some of our cops had had your luck. How so? asked Mike the Angel. If more vibro-blades would blow up at opportune moments, we'd have fewer butchered policemen." Mike the Angel shook his head. "'Not really. If their vibros started burning out every time they came near a cop, the J.D.'s would just start using something else. You can't win in this game.' Cowder nodded glumly. "'It's a losing proposition, any way you look at it. Well, good night again. He stepped out and old Harry closed and locked the door behind him. Mike the Angel said, ''Come on, Harry, I want to find something.'' He began walking back down the long, narrow shop toward the rear again. Harry followed, looking mystified. Mike the Angel stopped, sniffing. ''Smell that?'' Harry sniffed. ''Aye. Burnt insulation. So?'' ''You know which one of these bins is nearest to your main control cable start looking. See if you find anything queer." Old Harry walked over to a nearby bin, pulled it open, and looked inside. He closed it, pulled open another. He found the gadget on the third try. It was a plastic case, six by six by eight, and it still smelled of hot insulation, although the case itself was barely warm. What is it? Harry asked in wonder. It's the gizmo that turned your equipment off. When I passed by it, my own gadget must have blown it. I knew the police couldn't have made it here between the time of the fight and the time they showed up. They must have had at least an extra minute. Besides, I didn't think anyone could build an instrument that would blank out everything at long range. It had to be something near your main cable. I think you'll find a metallic oscillator in there. Analyze it. Might be useful." Harry turned the box over in his hands. "'Probably has a timer in it to start it. Well, that helps.' "'What do you mean?' "'I've got a pretty good idea who put it here. Older kid. Nineteen, maybe twenty. Seemed like a nice lad, too. Didn't take him for a J.D. Can't trust anyone these days. Thanks, Mike. If I find anything new in here, I'll let you know.' "'Do that,' said Mike the Angel. And, as a personal favor, I'll show you how to build my own super-duper, extra-special anti-vibro-blade defensive unit." Old Harry grinned, crinkling up his wizened face in a mass of fine wrinkles. "'You'd better think up a shorter name than that for it, laddie. I could probably build one in less time than it takes you to say it.' What a bet?' "'I'll bet you twenty. I can do it in twenty-four hours.' Twenty, it is, Harry. I'll sell you mine this time tomorrow for twenty bucks. Harry shook his head. I'll trade you mine for yours, plus twenty. Then his eyes twinkled. And speaking of money, didn't you come down here to buy something? Mike the Angel laughed. You're not going to like it. I came down to get a dozen plastic core resistors. What size? Mike told him, and old Harry went over to the proper bin, pulled them out all properly boxed, and handed them to him. "'That'll be four dollars,' he said. Mike the Angel paid up with a smile. "'You don't happen to have a hundred-thousand-unit micro stack, do you?' "'Ain't supposed to,' said Harry MacDougall. "'If I did, I wouldn't sell it to you. But as a matter of cold fact, I do happen to have one. Use it for a paperweight. I'll give it to you for nothing, because it don't work anyhow.' "'Maybe I can fix it,' said Mike the Angel. "'As long as you're giving it to me. How come it doesn't work?' "'Just a second, laddie,' said Harry. He scuttled to the rear of the shop and came back with a ready-wrapped package measuring five by five by four. He handed it to Mike the Angel and said, "'It's a present. Thanks for helping me out of a tight spot.'" Mike said something deprecative of his own efforts and took the package. If it were in working order, it would have been worth close to $300, more than that on the black market. If it was broken, though, it was no good to Mike. A microcryotron unit is almost impossible to fix if it breaks down. But Mike took it because he didn't want to hurt old Harry's feelings by refusing a present. "'Thanks, Harry,' he said. "'Happen to know why it doesn't work?' Harry's face crinkled again in his all-over smile. Sure, Mike. It ain't plugged in. End of chapter 3